You are listening to Ayahuasca Talks, and I am your host, Rebecca Hayden. On this show, we discuss our ayahuasca integration journeys. Using hypnosis to journey within can be a powerful way to begin or continue to heal and grow, and to tap into that wise inner voice as a source of guidance. To find out more, please visit RebeccaHayden.com or email me at Rebecca.Hayden at gmail.com. To learn more about microdosing ayahuasca legally, please visit ayahuascamicrodosing.com and use the coupon code TALKS to get a 10% discount on your entire order. If you're on Facebook, please join the Ayahuasca Integration Community and feel free to reach out to me directly. Welcome to another edition of Ayahuasca Talks. Today, I'm here with Sammy Sheba. And he's a yoga teacher and co-host of Curious Chimps podcast. Hi, Sammy. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? I am good. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. I'm, I'm sure we're going to have some fun. Yeah. And, uh, and lots to talk about since we've been working together with um, your integration journey and with hypnosis and some really cool things happening there. What I'd like to ask you about to start out with, I know you've worked with a number of medicines, including ayahuasca, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, when I, would, when I started treating them as medicines, I think uh, psilocybin has been a thing, um, a, a lot of breath work and yoga as well, and just kind of, uh, you know, endogenous things. Um, but mainly that, I guess, you know, uh, uh, some DMT things and psilocybin and ayahuasca mainly. Mm-hmm. Is there, are there any other medicines you want to mention? No, I was just going to say, like we were talking about before, like there's, there's obviously some different therapies I've been using as well. But if we're, if we're talking about plant medicines, that's the short mm-hmm. list. Yeah. So um, I remember when I was on your podcast and talking about some of the experiences that I was having post ayahuasca, you, you seem to resonate with that. You know, you kind of had a presence with you and, and you found that that you could interact with it is that not true do i remember that correctly uh that's safe to say i think even before i did ceremony i i've always had a kind of uh someone once called it a dialogical self and it was just this easy ability to have this kind of uh this channeling you know like this this self-conversation but like in a way where you surprise yourself and uh through the ceremony i definitely had some full-on interactions with things that that were just you know not me for lack of Mm -hmm. a better term and I think uh, uh, there were a lot of things that especially that we just uh, vibed on (laughs) and they were teaching you yeah in in a way that I understood you know even the word teaching is kind of loaded and I feel like there's a you know a classroom setting or someone who just knows more is going to present me with information in a kind of left brain way but the truth is the way that they are and the things that they say very indirectly kind of trickle into my my consciousness and and I really do learn something and I mean as a small example uh when I was in ceremony I was uh, at the first night, I believe I was, I was just in the washing machine, as I call it. You know, like you're just you're just flying through the through <laughs> the universe and kind of being uh, asked to let go. And I'm sure a lot of people listening resonate with that. And um, there was there were these two beings who were talking to each other. They weren't talking to me. And when I would have any kind of reaction, like, oh, I feel like this, or I'm, I'm, I shouldn't do that, or some past experiences or bringing up emotions, they would just kind of look at each other and be like, oh, it thinks it's this. Oh, it thinks it's a human. Oh, it thinks it needs to act this way. It thinks it's this boy. It thinks it's this son, this brother, all these identities that I had, they would kind of almost like a scoff, but like in a, in a loving kind of laughing way. And it would just make me realize, you know, and I don't, I don't mean to rant, but like, it's, it's, it's just t- teaching me, it's showing me, it's presenting things to me. Sometimes it feels like it's not even directly for me, but it's right in my gaze. And I, I learn, I just, I, it's perfect for who I am. And I pick something up every time. 
Yeah. And when I said teaching, I, that's exactly what I meant. I mean, we use that word. And as you say, you know, it could mean so many different things to different people. But if you yeah. walk away having learned something experientially, uh, that that's, that's the most important thing. And that is the only thing that, in my opinion, makes it a teaching is something that you walk away with going, wow, now I, I, I'm opened up to something that I hadn't been before, you know? Yeah, that's a perfect way of putting it. I almost feel like that it, it's like a, that letting go part, it, it can be exhausting, especially if you don't know how or if you don't let go right away. And then that exhaustion is kind of what allows you to open up. And then whatever space there is, is like this, this information gets channeled and trickled in. And, and, and it's like, it's like you're, it's like you're zipping along, uh, you know, like a, a song or a train track or whatever the analogy you desire. And, and wherever you last left off, like wherever you understand in the syllabus, like you're, you're, you're in the next chapter now. So you're just going to always get what you can get. And it's like, it just fills mm -hmm. the, space i just i just feel so perfect every time you know it never feels like what the mm -hmm. hell was that like you never just go huh you always kind of <laughs> like if you take the second and and look at it you go oh like you have that those aha moments like in spades yeah definitely and yeah. and sometimes it even happens afterwards like i think that a lot of times we see it as the big event, the the medicine journey, but sometimes it's prep for the bigger event, which is our lives afterwards, right? <laughs> yeah, I, th I mean, that's that's what I would distinguish as a ceremony versus just like, you know, taking drugs or something like there, even if it's uh, cannabis, even if it's alcohol, you know, these things that are just so ubiquitous and normalized, I think even certain foods, like ceremony is so important. And you kind of have the safe space to explore and then you don't have to deal with anything extra. You can just kind of process it. And hopefully the people who did the ceremony are, are like available afterwards and you can talk to somebody and, and that it's encouraged for you to process, to integrate, to just think about it. And months later, sometimes something bonks you on the head and you're like, Oh, I get that now. Or I feel that mm -hmm. now in my life. And I, it's almost like, um, I mean, we call it a trip, you know, like a lot of times mm -hmm. when you, when you take some kind of psychedelic or something. And I feel like when I've traveled, that is a novel experience just in a slower, denser way. And then you come home and home seems different and you start remembering things from the trip vis-a-vis -vis the things you're experiencing at home. Mm -hmm. And it's only once you're back home that those things really start manifesting. Because of the context. Exactly. It, it yeah. starts popping up and your life starts challenging you or it can yeah. be something small and just a little bit like it's, it's revelatory, but it's really just reminding you of something you saw somewhere else. And then you're like, Oh no, it applies here. And you have this aha moment out of, uh, out of some really small, like uh, insignificant event sometimes. So, you know, when you mentioned that conversation happening that you, were witness to in your ayahuasca experience. I, I've had that in my dreams, right? And even though it seems like you're just a person in the room or an observer or whatever, I do think that there's, it's it's quite intentional. It's like we're being included <laughs> in an experience mm -hmm. for a reason in that way. Um, but afterwards, you still made connections and then we started working together. I was wondering if you could share some of the themes that came up in your medicine experiences that you started to see happening in your life in terms of, you know, changes you've made, uh, things that you've seen differently. Uh, that's a really beautiful question. Um, in my life, I think through the ceremony, uh, I've, I saw, I had this kind of teaching that everything was a pile of things. And that I was as well. And it kind of, it kind of was a, a, a nudging towards not taking things too seriously um, because everything's just kind of like a flimsy house of cards. And it, it allowed me to, to start learning from just my day-to-day -day surroundings and seeing things kind of in 4D, you know, like things are just a pile of things. They're just a, 
you know, we build something out of wood and, and, and it was a tree and then it's a table. Like everyone's heard these things before, but to start experiencing it is very profound and very mm-hmm. interesting. And that eventually in, in any kind of fun philosophical realm, you start turning it inward and then you start getting all this insight. And I started seeing myself as this pile of things and then kind of saying, maybe I have a choice of the things I can perpetuate and the things I can throw away and having a kind of confidence in the things that I need coming back like a boomerang, like if they are really necessary, or if I lose something, I can maybe grow it back. You know, it's like, I'm not the static, precious thing that needs to be preserved. And um, that really helped in general. And then with you and through a hypnosis, I've, I, I've kind of got the, the real benefit I found was being able to kind of uh, drop through the body into this visual realm where there were less interruptions because I can be a very scatterbrained kind of human and just be kind of edgy or dare I even say anxious and um, to be guided by someone and to be induced into a deep relax- relaxation and to, to just be able to have a one-on-one with whatever comes up or whoever comes up uh, is, is right. is just the first step, you know, and it's a, such an important step and it's hard to put a finger on all these amazing things I've learned with you through our sessions, but uh, it's a lot of simplicity, acceptance, these, these kind of grand yet obvious things about just letting things go, letting things be observing, listening. It all seems very foundational. It all mm-hmm. seems very like it's, it's like I'm being pointed to just let go and let things burn away as life is very, you know, much in turmoil and, and a lot of things are being shrugged off by, uh, by me consciously or by circumstance. And sometimes I'm resisting it and, and these guides and these intelligences that are coming through me or through us or, or however you want to put it, but they're just kind of reminding me to listen and kind of be the master of my life. Yes. And, and it's very empowering and it's not, uh, it's not BS, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it seems so applicable and it resonates with things that happened beforehand. And I've, I've even, I've kind of had these interactions uh, with a specific one of these spirit guides before I even started doing the sessions with you. And uh, sad to say, often it's because of a depressive episode or because of a, a, a strenuous circumstance that throws me into a kind of downward spiral of doubt. And um, I, I, I want to kind of put an asterisk here and say that I, I, I'm trying to explore the idea of learning without having to be punished. You know, like I don't, I don't want to learn through pain for the rest of my life, but yeah. when you're not listening, you need to get slapped sort of, you know, or at least I do. I won't put that on other people, but that seems to be the, the, um, it seems to have been necessary at first. And uh, the things that that happen, they come up just to get our attention, you know? So what I've discovered through a lot of people's stories in my own is, and, and people, you know, like, like maybe you definitely me. I mean, I approached medicines initially uh, to address my depression, and it's just not that simple, you know. And mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it's certainly. I mean, there's many people out there, myself included, who will say, "Yes, I was able to do that," but that's not the whole story. So it doesn't mean I don't get depressed anymore. It's I have a different, you know, idea of what's behind that, and and it's more meaningful for me, and and I take more responsibility, and and I have more acceptance and patience and. I approach it differently. I approach everything that happens, illness, anything like that, very differently because of the experiences I've had. And you mentioned that that you learned through these these episodes. And and I don't think that there's anything out there that's punishing. I suspect that we do that to ourselves. 
And, you know, hopefully we're learning, you know, not to as much. And resistance has everything to do with that too, right? Yeah, big time. I, I mean, there's you just said it perfectly. We could we could stop here almost, you know, like <laughs> it's really funny. Like your resistance is it's a it's a funny animal. It's this weird uh thing of the ego trying to create homeostasis. It's a uh, you know, in the, in the psychology circles they talk about how you you learned defense mechanisms as a way to protect yourself and now that they're just continuing they're harming you and like all that jazz, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's this subtle, funny thing. And it's in the end, it's, it's hurting you in the end, it's stopping growth. And I love the way you put it, you know, like it didn't, you didn't just like drink some brew and, and you magically were solved like some Rubik's cube. Like it just gave you the kind of the strength to, see the inner machinations and to be honest with yourself and to start moving through life with uh more intention mm-hmm. uh, that i definitely agree with you there there's just this this cacophony you know you, your your cage gets rattled and you realize what needs to be done you know in a in a kind of Oh, you're open to learning it. Like, that's what I find. I mean, I find that we do have these incredible teachers and allies, you know, spiritually and all the rest of it. That's how I've experienced it. And certainly you too. But um, also life is that even though it doesn't appear to be so all the time, but our approach to it makes all the difference, you know, how we respond to it, how we perceive it, um, all Mm -hmm. of these things. And resistance is can be can show up in very creative ways as you say these you know these things that that we have created as defense mechanisms whatever word you want to use to describe it but um they're constructs right and at the very beginning you described you know ayahuasca or whatever medicine that that you experienced this in the ceremony taught you about about this experience being, you know, of many parts that are just, you know, a tree, then a whatever you make out of that, and that it's flexible, so you can exchange it and throw away what you don't want. And this is the the idea of of, of constructs and of our our experience being full of them. And once you really fully embrace that, yes, everything's possible. You can change anything you like because you created it, right? Yeah, I mean I'm I'm getting there. That's a big one for me. Like I I on paper I just feel like I have to agree because it I like 1 plus 1 equals 2. Like that's so true. But there is this admission of all this power I have and this power I don't have and you it's it's like I'm it's resist it's resistance there too. It's mm-hmm. ig- it's ig- ignorance, you know? Like there's this there's this a difference between nescience and ignorance. And like when you can't know, you have this kind of innocence, but like we can sit down and really figure out our lives and we just don't, mm-hmm. and, or at least, or at least I haven't in, in a lot of aspects, you know, and, and that's an emotional thing. That's a, that's learned, like that's, you can, and you're not, and it's, it's, it's this weird snowball and you need to kind of rewind the tape or change the, the direction of the ship or, you know, whatever metaphor you like. And, uh. Well- I don't think that this has been on the agenda, like for most of us, you know, we come into this life, um, a lot of us, even in, you know, especially in the Western world, there's this, this whole um, schedule that we're thrown into, you know, (laughs) then you go to school and you learn this and the focus is never on, hey, figure out who you are and, you know, discover what you like. And I mean, there seems to be no time in this schedule we get locked into for that. And now we're making that happen because we can see that we are in, we're suffering because this is not happening. And all these, you know, all these mental illnesses are coming out of it, this depression, anxiety, all of these things. And the, the list goes on, as we well know, it's come to a crisis point. And now we've, because we're creative beings, we're finding our way to the solutions as we always have, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to, I have, I have a problem with this expression, but in this case, pressure makes diamonds. You know, like <laughs> a, a lot of times, 
people say that to me sometimes in, in a, in the, the wrong context, at the wrong context. And I'm like, I'm not a diamond. I'm a human, you know, like this is not, but, but it, the truth is as a collective, we, we learn from each other. We learn from weird situations like cacophony. Like I said earlier, like, like when you're, when you're, when you're, reality gets rattled, you see the seams, you see the things that are real and necessary and useful and the things that are just kind of fluff or the things you choose to keep around. And, you know, the list is endless and mm -hmm. it's, it's very, it can be, it can be overwhelming. It can be very, uh, but it's intriguing at the same time. It can kind of rekindle your love of, of exploration and it can make you feel like a kid again. And like you, you were just saying, like, we're all creative beings and you really hit a nerve with me because I, I'm just, I just find I, like I'm, I, I search for these labels sometimes in a kind of victimization uh, sensibility where, where I'm, I'm thinking, am I depressed? Am I, do I have ADD? Like I, I grew up with a certain space where people were saying, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? It's up to you. And then when I didn't find out right away, they were like, come on, man you got to figure this out now. And it's like, what just happened? What happened to all that space? It became suddenly all the air got sucked out and I needed to make a decision. And I've, I was just having fun exploring the things that were in front of me. And you start thinking, well, maybe the thing I'm doing now is wrong. And then you start moving away from the things you're exploring naturally because you love them. And it can be accounting or it can be music. It can be architecture or it could be jujitsu it's it's very unique to the individual but the mm -hmm. feeling is the same you know you have this this pull and it's unfortunate but as time goes on and we ignore that pull it almost becomes it becomes this big psychological block and then you need the moments like you know covid or something to 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 force to, it's it's like you're pushing the pus out and you're realizing <laughs> And it's kind of a disgusting <laughs> image, but you know, like you, you get, you get squeezed and then you realize what you're made of and, and it, it's, it's painful, but it's a really nice thing. I've been joking with friends a lot. This is an oversimplification, but a lot of people are getting better with themselves and with the world through this pandemic. And a lot of people are getting worse and they're doubling down on agoraphobia, xenophobia, uh, germophobia like <laughs> no i get it and you know how we experience it you know has to do with who we are and and these are recurring themes you know from from the medicines like we all have different experiences of medicines because we're all individual and same is true of you know the pandemic and everything else right it mm -hmm. there's a possibility for us learning and, you know, it's going to be a rougher ride for those of us who have, have that kind of energy in our background that we need to heal potentially, you know, it, it can be, it doesn't have to be, but, but it can be experienced that way for sure. Going back to the whole constructs and getting it, getting it is the process, right? So I think that we're in all in various stages of getting it, of getting that creative aspect of our reality and what we're creating and how we're creating the reality that we do. So I think that that in itself is a process. Like we could talk about it. I, I know there are people who just talk about non-duality and, you know, as though it's just casual, like, oh, you know, look at that bird over there. And yeah, for sure it's a bird, you know, but living that life and, and doing everything with that full understanding and, and, and embodying that is another thing <laughs> that I don't see happening as much, right? Um, it's a big and, ask for sure. Yeah. And, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's not possible. Of course it is. I mean, we're all, you know, this is, this is what we're aiming for when we really embrace what the, the medicines are teaching us. And it's very funny the way that they go about doing that because, um, I'm sure you've had this experience where these things come in. They're so simple and they're so obvious and you walk away going, oh my God, yeah, of course. And then we get thrown back into our lives and then we have to really apply, you know, what we learn. And that's, that's like an art form, you know, and we make it better at it as we go along. I think we, we all are. I hope, I hope so anyway. It's yeah. They, it, it seems like a form of patience, just like being able to, let the waves of information come 
mm-hmm. and to listen to them and to just absorb them. And like you're saying, like you're like you have these like hit your head and like like slap your head forehead kind of like ah. Oh. Like sometimes you hear a cliche from from a different source and it just strikes you and and you get it, but you've literally heard the same info your whole life. Sure. And it can be really that simple that it's just been lost on you because you've been drowning in it. Or it can and be, not- you know, like all these resistances like we talk about also. Like and they yeah. can be so insidious and 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 unique and tailored to the individual. The resistance mm-hmm. is just as much as the liberating information sure and you're not in the position to get it and then suddenly it's there and you get it and you're like oh wow i I was able to receive it this time you know that's a trap you're so right like there are so many people remind me like i'm I'm sure i'm sure this is another cliche ironically enough but like people try to remind me i try to remind myself and i forget often i really need like to write this down on a post-it or something but i'm trying to undo stuff that has been accumulating for my whole life, my whole life. And I'm, and it's like, I truly do, if I'm being honest, I truly do expect this intellectualization of it to cure it in a day. And that's really unfair. <laughs> that's really silly. Yeah. I mean, there are, are things that we accomplish in such short periods of time that we don't even acknowledge how huge they are. And then we set ourselves up for the, these other big things like, you know, saying, okay, well, but why can't I get there? This is another um, perspective that I think that is really, you know, very common. It's just like we take for granted what we accomplish and then always focus on what we haven't, you know? I think people don't realize that mechanism. Like, like we talk about it the same way people talk about evolution and you think you get it, but you don't really get it like in the nuanced sense. This fact that we are practicing the mood of not being happy with what we have or practicing the state of mind where we need to reach for something bigger all the time we are going to start glossing over the things we have where it's like the antithesis of gratitude and it's it's kind of subtle you know but if you really think of it that way like that's yoga. That's the posture that you're taking all the time. So one day when you suddenly can and should be like proud or, or grateful with what's in front of you, which I mean, should be all the time if we're being straight here, uh, then you won't be able to right away, or you won't be able to hold that posture, you know, air quotes, because you're just not used to it. Your bones, your, your nervous system, your, well, your fascia, like your, your, your neurons are not shaped to that. And even mm-hmm. though there's just this you know, blame it on culture, blame it on your upbringing, whatever you want to call it, you have been teaching yourself, we've been teaching ourselves to go and reach for something in the future. That's not a bad thing per se, but emotionally to always be invested in something that's beyond your grasp, you're never going to be kind of present. And it's not to force yourself and to meditate and be present. Maybe it's to be grateful and to be listening and and that brings you into the present like everybody's kind of different but that mechanism is the same and can be understood and i feel like a lot of people get a a little breakthrough moment of how they treat themselves when we talk about these things yeah oh for sure and and you know it's not like i mean you know there's that temptation to say this should be this way it's you know we we are the way we are we experience the results of being that way. And there are opportunities to be in different ways. And the medicines present that to us, our experiences present that to us, even ideas, you know, presented by things we hear, stories we come across. Um, And then how we respond to that is either resistant or, you know, we open up to it. Um, The things that we want to do in our lives when, when we're presented with those ideas, hey, you know, you could do this. If you have all these intervening can't do's, you know, then that's, that's resistance. Right. And, and that's, that's what we work through sometimes if we really want to work on our goals and, and achieve them. But um, the idea of, yeah, I do think that there's an orientation that is familiar to many people that I speak to about always. Um, and, and I think it's just the way that we go about it. I don't think there's anything wrong with incenting ourselves with, uh, with things that we can achieve, but I think that we don't realize that 
the best way to kind of be in those states that we're ultimately looking to be in is to practice it, to to start to open up to being there in that state already. And then the things that we associate with them, uh, they flow to us, you know? Yeah, that's a, oh man, there's so many things I, I want to touch on with what you said. I mean, I agree in general, but it's like, there's the way within a path and then there's maybe different paths and sure. uh, like it's, it's, it can get really, uh, overwhelming it can get well it's not it's it's like i i i, I want to seem smart and complicated but i really <laughs> just keep going back to this combination of patience and listening like if you listen and you can listen for a long time you know ergo patience then <laughs> you win because a lot of that just turns into it's indirectly practicing acceptance and then you, you might find out, like, you, you might hear beliefs that you have, and then you have to, then you instantly know if you want to keep those around or if you want to start practicing un, unwinding them. And then mm -hmm. realizing as well that if you do keep them around, they translate into actions and ways of living. And if you're not mm -hmm. embodying those beliefs, then you're suffering in a way. And it's mm -hmm. like all these things that I was calling subtle before, but if we listen patiently, suddenly they're glaring because they're repetitive. They just keep coming back. And it's like, if, a, if there's a little whisper, you might go, oh, I, I think it was the wind. But if you keep hearing that whisper, it doesn't matter how low it is, you know you're hearing something. And then you start deciphering it and then you start acting on it. And then you start, you know, like you, get, you start getting your bearings and it's 100% based on what you want and what you need in life because you really are just going within. Experiential feedback. <laughs> yeah i love that <laughs> exactly <laughs> experiential feedback like that's the it's like it's it's science it's observation and and tracking the data and making hypotheses and testing things out but it's just you can't share that data it's 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 all within it's all experiential and it's kind of frustrating for people who are very kind of scientific materialists because you you can't put it in a textbook you can't put it on the table you can't dissect it we all have different gifts and and ways about us. So how we approach things will be determined by those aspects of ourselves. And the the pursuit of of knowledge through the scientific method has you know produced some amazing things, right? But we all produce amazing things. It's just not always the the methodology isn't always so clear. I was wondering if you, how you feel about sharing some of the journeys that you've uh, that you've had through hypnosis and the things you've learned there, because this mode of of integration is just continuing um, along the same lines as medicines. In that, you know, we go into an inner journey without needing medicines, but just within ourselves, because that's where all the good stuff is anyway. And then, you know, allowing that that teaching and experiential teaching to unfold i would love to honestly it kind of it kind of ties into what you're saying with with science like i know a lot of scientists and i feel like they're very good at compartmentalizing like they'll have some experiences but then they'll just kind of go back to work and a lot of times it just has to do with what they're what's what's in their hands you know and then what's in their personal life i don't know if they're going to allow to trickle into their lives and i kind of feel lucky i can just allow these things to be real for me and, and bring them into my life. And they're very profound. I would love to, I don't even know where to start. I'm kind of excited. Like <laughs> I've, I've literally met uh, for the lack of a better term, like these things present themselves as, uh, as angels often, you know, I have this one woman who seems to be following me around who I met before we spoke, you know? So I was, I was actually, I, I'm sure you remember you were walking me through meeting my guides or a guide or at a plural, mm -hmm. I don't know. And, and um, it was really funny because I, like, I love the, the process. You, you walked me through a first kind of like at this animal guide. I'm in like a field and then there's an animal and, and I, I'm, I'm seeing animals. I'm seeing like a cricket. I'm seeing like, I'm, I'm almost like going through a process of elimination. Like I'm creating instead of listening. And then as soon as you say like, okay, turn your head and there's an animal there and I do it. And there's a fox. And there's this huge significance of this, this, it's almost like I'm replaying a memory of when I was a kid and I had the spontaneous need to go running into the woods 
And I had never done this before. And I saw a fox really close to me. And it's like I was reliving this memory in that moment. So like there's so much weight, you know. And I, I mean, I kind of I, I didn't I don't really know the, the significance of a fox in, in, a, in a kind of global sense. And I'm sure you could tell me. But for me, I know that they're cunning. I know that they're intelligent. And, and for me, again, it's like a confidence. There's something where they're just comfortable in themselves and they're knowledgeable. And even if they don't have all the info, they're clever. They can make assumptions and they can get out of pickle, so to speak. And, and they kind of seem solitary as well. I know they're mammals and they must have families, but I never see like a crowd of foxes. You know, <laughs> I just see kind of like the, this lone little fox. So that's kind of my interpretation. And that's the only that's one that would, matters. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's what you're getting out of it. It's what it means to you. Right. So, exactly. and anyway, so this beautiful creature walks me to this large intimidating pillar that is like semi uh, gelatinous and I don't this dark purple color, this strange thing that starts morphing and showing me a face and stuff as I try to interpret what it's trying to tell me. And and then you ask the question, ask ask it like, is this are you my guide? And it said no. That was <laughs> that was very interesting as well, right? So anyway, long story short, uh, but let me interrupt know, for a moment please, because I sure. want to remember to 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 point this out. Earlier, you were talking about experiences with the medicine and how things happen and some of it you get. And, and even though it's, it's not direct teaching like would happen in a classroom, you did p- learn something from it. And from that experience, what I remember you saying is that it was very responsive, you know. So I was, I was asking you to, you know, explore it in certain ways. And it was responding to everything that you did and every idea that came into your mind. And that's, that's, a, that's like a, a brilliant education in and of itself. I always found that with medicines when I got responses because of things I was thinking or things that were, I was being guided to, to do, I always found that just fascinating and beautiful, right? That's a, you know... It- Again, if we just go into like, what did this mean to me, which is all that matters, like you said, yeah. Yeah. this, this thing, it's, it's sort of this representation of like this firmament of, of reality. Right. And it's, and it's like, what I, what I see, what I, what I am and what I give is what I get. And at the same time, this thing was kind of intimidating to me. This thing was mysterious and uniform in a, in a kind of mystical way. But, and yet it was so um, infinite in the shapes it could take. And it mm-hmm. was in between me and my real guide. And I, I found that really interesting that this was, there was like this mediator that I controlled indirectly. And there's, it's, it's just like rife with, with meaning, you know, I could, I feel like I could go on forever. Yeah. And I mean, you'll discover different parts of that potentially later, you know, because these things happen to us, they're big. And then down the line, it's like, oh, and you have a whole different perspective of that experience, right? It's just like with medicine. Yeah, big time. And in some ways, better, because like you're saying, uh, and this is a personal opinion, I don't want to take anything from anyone, but you're calm, you know, you're in a solid state. You're you. Mm-hmm. When I'm in, when I'm in the plant, I, there's another thing running through my blood. You know, like a, like something else is taking me for a ride. You feel like you're strapped to a comet, and it and it can be intense. And and that integration can happen way later. Whereas I have a person with me. It's one on one. You're telling me where to go with this, and it's a calm. It's like a movie. It's like I'm just seeing what's happening. And there, it's not like I'm, you know, in the washing machine, like we said before. And, and, uh, and, th- and then I can talk to you after and you're going to have all this experience and wisdom to say, to nudge me into certain questions and to be like, oh, maybe that's this and maybe this is that. And uh, the, like the pre and post conversations are so, they fast forward these, these revelations so, so effectively. I just wanted to throw that in there, but. Oh, that's I mean, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, no, I, I I'm I look forward to our, our next uh, session to be honest. But uh, okay. I, I I'm now I'm thinking I might go within that's like my catchphrase lately. I might do that tonight and kind of explore this 
purple pillar thing and just be like, who are you? What are you about? What's going on? Maybe I can talk to it. Maybe it's just a strange mirror. You know, always, maybe it's yeah. always yeah. trying to talk to them. Yeah. That's something that took me a while to get used to. My, I remember when I was in Iboga and I came out and I mean, this is my first experience with medicine and it was Iboga and there's like, <laughs> like, just, like a plethora of images flying at you. This is very common apparently in Iboga uh, that there's long periods where just things are just coming at you. And like later, one of the guys that, that was facilitating when I was talking to him about it, he said, um, why didn't you like ask? Because I said, oh, there's this um, interesting figure, this like Easter Island head coming at me on wheels. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he said, why didn't you ask something? It's like, it never occurred to me. We could do that. Okay. You know, I'll do that next time. And and it's now, amazing, isn't it? Like you're standing yeah. on ceremony. Like you're yeah. like you're you're afraid like, to well, disturb. Interact <laughs> with that movie. That's very cool, you know. But now, yeah. I mean, now that I'm I'm using hypnosis as a tool and as a journeying tool. So even though I do guide it, you you have your own interesting experience. And even though the idea is to get an animal to show up, the fact that tons showed up for you is amazing. I this same thing happened in a medicine journey in one of my ayahuasca medicine journeys actually i thought oh, okay because i'm trying to relate it to all the the shamanic experiences i'd had before medicines right spirit animal okay i'm gonna ask now that i'm in this strange you know medicine space where where's my spirit animal like you know and, and then just like there are hills full of animals like just tons <laughs> It's and, like playing a trick. It's like, take your pick. And you're like, oh, come on. Well, you know, and, and again, I can go back now and feel differently about it than I did a month later, a year later, two years, three years, five, you know. Mm. And now I, when you mentioned your story, I realized, you know, so many of those animals showed up for me in different ways, through dreams, through other experiences, throughout my life since. So much of your knowledge seems to be like um, utilized in these experiences. And I can almost, I can almost find the origin that like the, the, like, Oh, when I learned this and when I learned that I can almost go back to the origin of, of when I learned these things and, and it, it adds to the realizations. And like a, a lot of the animals showing up for me were, I, I had a sense again, only in retrospect, but I had that sense, that realization that I was, uh, calling them into being i was really kind of creating them and they weren't so spontaneous and so uh earned in that kind of honest way and i was just kind of um well creating them like i said earlier and and that in that moment and again more obviously in retrospect i had this understanding from a friend a long time ago i was talking to a friend and in the middle of the conversation he said stop creating and it was so out of context and I didn't understand what he meant, but, it, but he didn't explain himself. And I was forced to figure out what he meant. And, I had, and I've never heard anyone talk to me that way. And he was, he's a very spiritual lad. I have, I have no other way to describe him. And I just came to this understanding that there's, there's a difference between imposing and re repeating and regurgitating my, my reality, my thought reality into the world. And, and taking that as reality and then just kind of reeling all of that in and compressing my experience until I'm really just taking in and becoming a kind of vacuum for the things around me. And that, that switched, that 180 and suddenly there was a fox at my feet, you know? So it's, it's such a visceral feeling and maybe it's just my personality or something, but either before or after like that left brain needs to chew on it and, and, and put it into words and make it real for others one way or the other, even if there's always going to be that personal, like the personal barrier, that, that inner world barrier where it just can't be shared. I need to kind of be able to share it <laughs> with myself. That's fine. You know, I mean, I think that it's always a creative process and I just think that it's the level at which the creation on which the the creation is happening like you know yeah. just like with medicines we're asked to open up you know and then these amazingly creative things happen but we don't yeah. 
we don't think of them as I brought that about, right? But but who is I and on what level do I exist? Well, we exist on many levels, right? And I think that's what we want to do with these journeys because we want to have an experience that's beyond our our daily, you know, habit of of that that kind of way of living, you know. We want mm-hmm. to receive things to be presented to us from that level of consciousness that's that's different than the way that we operate so that we can bring all of that good stuff back into our lives, right? Yeah, I mean I really feel like I'm talking to something someone new. I, they're telling me things that I wouldn't have ever told myself. And sometimes there's things I need to hear and I go, ah, and I roll my eyes like I knew it. And other times I go, what? Like that simple or that complicated or, or like that cliche or that nuanced? Like I, it's really not what I thought it was going to be. And you're really just having a conversation. And, yes. And whatever that means to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all a conversation. It's all a back and forth. In fact, the whole, you know, the way that it was presented to me because my earliest questions for ayahuasca were all about the nature of reality. And and it's as though we've been chatting about it ever since. And my life has been, you know, the meat of that conversation. (laughs) Because the whole experience, I'm told, is a responsive one, right? So the universe is, and the life that we're having is always responding to where we're at. And then we just change where we're at and, you know, everything changes. Yeah, I've been actually, it's, I, I'd, I'd love to ask you more about that, actually, because I, I've been listening to some YouTube videos and having some new thoughts about yoga and meditation and things like that. And, and I, I don't know why I've been kind of uh, latched onto this idea of like a base reality. You know, and the fact that we're just, we're just all brains in a vat, you know, like we're, everything we've ever experienced has happened inside of our nervous system, you know, and it's, it's, it's an interpretation and we're all kind of islands, you know, in, in many ways, in spiritual ways, you can really defend the, the fact that we are all one and we are all connected and all these beautiful things, but we are also in many ways having this individual singular experience one at a time separate from each other and what is the thing between that what is the base reality look like and i've tried to peek behind that veil obviously you can't you know just by nature of being alive but it's like it's nothing until you experience it in a in a very real way it's not there unless we are experiencing it and i don't want to sound like a, a solipsist and think that reality is not real, but I think maybe I'm touching more on like collective consciousness and collective agreements and how we kind of affect each other, either directly through language or indirectly through behavior and through some kind of meta consciousness that is ethereal (laughs) and very much spiritual and not physical. I don't know, but it's like, it's scary. And going back to that imagery of that, that pillar, like I am intimidated by this. It's like ominous. Like, it's like I'm falling into some kind of void. And I I just wonder if any of this resonates with you. Well, I'm wondering, um, I I think, you know, I I think that you should explore this more because I think that there's a reason why you have so many questions about it. And somewhere in the answers is going to be something that's going to help you a lot. Because even though we see these questions as being these big, you know, how could they possibly apply to my everyday life kind of questions? You know, this is something that has to do with who you are. You know, I've had these big questions since I was a really young kid, and it was so weird (laughs) growing up wanting to have these big discussions with people who just had no clue and no interest whatsoever in this, you know, and now it's my everyday life, which is wonderful. But, you know, it seems to go off into the ether, the kind of the nature of, of these discussions at times. But in that realm, you know, when you're in that journeying space, that's where you can explore those things. And, you know, it's possible that, that you'll get a response that's, that's significant and relevant to, you know, to your curiosity at the time. It's possible that, you know, you'll find out it's a mechanism to avoid whatever. Um, it's possible that, that it might lead you in another direction entirely. You never know, but there's, there's usually, you know, there's something going on there. Use it as a means 
to learn just like everything else and use it as a means to to shift or move forward or explore or whatever you want to do with it. I've had veils lifted, but in my experience, they've only been lifted to show me things, not the nature of the veil itself and, and the dividing line between that and, and what I experience every day, but lifted to show me uh, something far more pertinent <laughs> that I needed to learn at the time, like what was underneath this this relationship or uh, in my life or this experience I was having having that was that that felt wrong or off or something, you know. I do. I have this funny image in my mind of like, you know, you're you're in this listening state and you're trying to, you know, glean the secrets of the universe and and there's a little thread that's tickling somewhere on, on your on, in your hand and you're and you're tugging gently. You don't want to break it, but you want to follow it. And then, and then, you know, later way down the line, you realize it was like attached to your little pinky toe or something. And you're like, oh man, like you, you had a fun journey and this, this so much experience and so much richness, but in the end, you just kind of go full circle. And it's like, how does this apply? How is this useful? Like there's these, just these guiding stars that keep coming back. And when you're talking to like spirit guides and, and like these archetypes of like gods and planets and all these beautiful things that are giving you this like divine information, you think it's going to lead to something bigger than yourself. But the truth is it just like, it makes you realize you're bigger than you think. And it just brings you back to you and what you need to realize so that you can attach to something bigger than yourself in the 3d, maybe if that's what you want or need, but it just kind of, it's, it's like this black hole. Like it just comes back to you all the time and, mm-hmm. and it's almost like a, an inferiority complex, you know, like all of this was for me, all of this show, all of this in- attention and intention, <laughs> all of this intelligence just to tell me that I'm neglecting something or, you know, like in my life. And it's like, you don't, you almost don't want to believe it. And, and, and yet it's almost insulting to the information and to the, to the experiences to not follow through and to not just better yourself and to to, to have fun and, and to enjoy and to keep listening. And it's really just about you and just about your experience. I, yeah. I would like for you to talk about, if you're open to doing so, when we went into that, that healing scenario um, with, and the exercise with the bowls and, and you were by the fire and you had healers show up, and one of them was you. And the reason I want to bring this up is because the reason that I use this as a tool um, hypnosis is just to for us to uh, find a very effective technique um, for those who resonate to go within and discover that we are the ones who heal ourselves. You know, we have those capacities. We have all this magic inside of us that we experience with the medicines. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're always reaffirming this. And you had it happen in a really cool way. Do you remember that figure that showed up and the message? Yeah. And the, it, it all ties in so perfectly. The, this, this intimidating older version of myself, not much older either, but maybe like 10, 20 years down the line, uh, it's just this shamanistic looking, like this tribal looking minimalist, uh, half naked, muscular, just in his power man, you know, this, this masculine in, in that's very spiritual meaning of that word. And, and I was honestly like, it's, you know, instantly I'm like, okay, that's my face. That's me. And yet there was kind of like a shrouding just for my benefit. You know, there was like this person, you know, me, this me in the future was wearing kind of like a hood and it was kind of a slow reveal to be like, I know, you know, that it's you but I'm going to let you take it in in pieces because I know what you need. And I was you, you know, it's, it's, I, it, in some regards, it feels like legit time travel, but mm-hmm. at, at the same time, you were very smart to remind me that a lot of this is symbolic. You know, I'm not, I might not be wearing like bones on a rope around my ankle in 20 years, but <laughs> or something like this. Yeah, don't feel so committed to that if it's not your style. But there was a sense you got of it, and that that was immense power. That was you standing in your power, right? Yeah, and in a way that had nothing to do with anyone else, unless it needed to be, unless it was called to. It was just this honesty, and 
there was no shyness or no more embarrassment. I, I think a lot of my life has been guided by uh, some form or another of shame. And this person was done with that. And this person yet was me. And that's why the first thing that he presented to me in this, in these uh, bowls of water was, was trust. Like, stop trying to figure this out and just trust me. I'm you. I, this is what you think it is. You know, there's a lot of resistance to see yourself this way, but just trust. Mm -hmm. And, and it was, it was needed. It was the first thing that needed to happen because I really wasn't in, I wasn't at that, that place. And I just got there because it was asked of me by me, mm -hmm. you know, it's a very strange dynamic and yet it's so intuitive and so uh, naked, you know, because mm -hmm. it's like, who knows you better than you? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Big time. and yeah. uh, Oh, please. That's okay. I, I was just going to um, say that, you know, one of the things that it said was that, you know, that's important for you to know that you are the healer. Yeah. Well, the, the trust was really like from one to another. It was really <laughs> like, I don't know who you are or what you are. And it's like, just trust me. I'm, I'm, I'm whatever I say I am. And it's like, okay, I'll, I'll drink the trust. And the <laughs> second bowl was like, accept that this is your destiny. Like this is, I, like, it's, it's almost like they were two different things. Like trust me in the information I'm going to give you. And then the second thing, the, the piece of information was, I am your future self. Like you have to accept that. You have to understand this is the path. You're on the path. You can't get off the path. You don't want to get off the path. What are you going to argue with your future self? <laughs> you know, like we are all, we are both here for the best of Sammy, you know, and whatever that means might look very different for you right now, but it's like deep down, you know, and it's, it's, it's scary because it's like, it's like talking to the version of you that did the things you're scared of. So, you know, you have to do those things now and become that person. And it's almost inevitable, not in a way that feels trapping, but literally just in a way that's like, Oh, I'm going to have to do those things that I'm really not comfortable with. And somewhere deep down, even though I was working towards doing them, I hoped and believed I could dodge them somehow and avoid them somehow. <laughs> and I don't have to let go of these images of myself and, and let go of the people and the situations and the thoughts that don't serve me anymore. Mm -hmm. And yet, you know, and yet the reality uh, has something else to say. What I love about that situation that you experienced was there was immense power associated to acceptance and surrender. And these are things that people do not put together. And yet we also are very familiar with these lessons of flow and of, you know, giving way and letting go. And, and we know that, and we've heard and, and, you know, there's a lot of, belief that, yeah, this does lead you, you know, without kicking and screaming and fighting where you do want to go. But there's still, you know, I think at, at times for some of us and for many of us, there's this confusion about associating because of influence and programming, um, the association between uh, our power and our achieving our goals and then this surrender and this acceptance and this just letting it be, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the only honest power we have is what I'm realizing, you know, if you can go with your natural inclinations and your honest truth, and I know that's ambiguous and, and it's frustrating for, for myself and a lot of people to hear that, but it's because it's so specific to the individual. I want to go with the flow and I've seen myself go against my own grain for mm -hmm. a lot of parts of my life and and I've suffered for it. So mm -hmm. so going with the flow in that sense it's like accepting in in large part who and what you are. Like I've been joking with a lot of people I've been saying a lot of times I can't accept I'm all this acceptance talk. I'm even accepting when I can't accept something. 
And then it's <laughs> like, I just, I just win. It's like, I'm in a, I'm in a present state where I'm losing that feeling of acceptance. And then I go, okay, that's cool. I accept that's that. Okay. That's good. That's, that's the, the ultimate surrender. It's like, yeah, I'm, not it, gonna, I'm not going to wrangle. It goes away faster though. Yeah. That's, that's the funny part is that like, it, it goes, it, it kind of goes full circle to what we're talking about. I give up power and I get power. It's almost well, like. Well, wait a minute though. It's a matter of what you perceive as power was all that wrangling. Exactly. It, w- it was, it was, it was expelling energy, but it wasn't power. One thing I wanted to just go back to about this experience that you had and how beautiful and powerful uh, this experiential learning was, is that you got to you got to experience what it was like to be you in your full power. And all you were being asked to do is to accept that, to agree to it. And once we do that fully, then things fall into place and there needs to be not all so much efforting and so much striving. It's like you've agreed to it. So allow it to unfold now. What I'm constantly redirected to do is to continue to focus on, on where I'm, where I want to, you know, be the state that I, my target state, my Mm. target intentional state, and then just embody that continue to be in that state. And what I found magical about that experience for you is that you were in the presence of that you sensed and felt all that power and and mm-hmm. knowing of of who you were really you know and then it's a matter of just continuing to realize that you know to realize it not i got to go and do all these things just continue to realize it in your mind and come to peace with that truth and then that's the responsive experience that happens outwardly because of your yeah. knowing and realizing. Those two things line up perfectly for me. What I want to do now will lead me to that guy, to that future <laughs> self. And, and I, I have this desire to kind of uh, be around him again because it's almost like a, like a, like a live-in coach. You know, <laughs> like, like someone is just there. So um, connect with him. Reach out, see what happens. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's it's like he's vibing on me. You know, he's mm-hmm. literally just like, "Hey, this is me," and 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 he's ap- unapologetically being himself. And yet, there's this clear understanding that this is my potential and this my my destiny, almost. Yeah. And uh, funny enough, the things that I align to often, very often, don't make me money. They don't help in this kind of 3D or, or these expectations that I have, these pressures that I pull on myself. So there is this clear resistance, but I really just enjoy silence and going within and meditating. And there's this aspect to experience that I'm loving right now where I just be and I just, I don't need to do. And any there's all these voices of doubt and, and resistance and all these you know, these characters from my past telling me that this is, uh, you know, some hippy dippy cop out and I'm lazy and all these strange things. And my present and literally now my future self are clear as day in the understanding that this is what I am and what I need and what I want. Mm-hmm. And, and if I can be egoic for a second, it's kind of what I'm good at. You know, through no coincidence, I'm sure. I'm inclined. Yes, it's it's a part of your nature. And, you know, you can change that belief about not making money at doing what you love and being who you are. This, these are beliefs that, that are really limiting and are really getting in the way. And that's us getting in the way. That's resistance. Um, you know, mm-hmm. that's manifested resistance, <laughs> those beliefs. Yeah. So that can be changed for sure. I hope so. I mean, I, I kind of, I feel like, um, actually, well, I know so. That's yes. another thing. Since talking yeah. to you, I, I have a lot of a, since, the, since our session specifically, I'm, I'm feeling the difference between thinking and knowing and this mm-hmm. kind of inner knowing. And it's not like I know what you're thinking in some psychic way. Maybe it reaches that far later, but it's an inner knowing. It's just knowing what's true and what's actual 
and what is just a worry or a, a rumination or a fear based on the past. And then I'm creating, as my friend used to say, mm-hmm. yeah. instead of no. listening. It's tapping into your knowing and other people, you know, can bring that, can help you bring that about, but it's yours. If it truly deeply resonates so much, um, it's, it's your knowing that you're tapping into through conversations with me and others and medicines and guides and all of that. Yeah. And I, if I can be so bold, I think I kind of know what the issue is. The belief is that money is a, some kind of societal mechanism and, and we don't have control over it and it has some kind of inherent value. And I need to conform to those kind of rules and sets in order to achieve or to accumulate that wealth, that perceived wealth. But the truth is that money is controlled by people. And if I'm doing what's right by me and shining, then people are going to want something from me. They're going to want whatever I am producing one way or the other. And if they are ready and willing to pay for that service, that is not a logical leap. That is just a possibility. That is just a total probability. Well, that's you standing in your power and people recognizing the value that you have to offer. Because when mm. you stand in your power and being who you are, the gifts that you have are evident. Yeah, like that future guy. <laughs> exactly. That's why he showed up. Uh, anyway, we're going to have to wrap this up. But thank you so much for chatting with me today, delving into all this cool stuff. I love it. I really appreciate it. I can't ha- wait to have you back on our podcast as well. I, I really Yay. had fun. <laughs> all right. Take care. Thank you. Good night. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Ayahuasca Talks. Please visit RebeccaHayden.com for more ayahuasca integration content and for information about working with me and using hypnosis as an empowering integration tool.